Hello, hello everyone. This is Kenny from the Big Sky State. I want to welcome you and thank you so much for joining me here on Cutting Fences. This is a podcast that advocates for the incredible people in the agricultural population who have suffered injuries, accidents, or have disabilities. Enjoy these amazing individuals, stories, experiences, equipment, life hacks, and more. This is a space molded to cultivate compassion, empathy, and support. So join my guests and I in eliminating barriers and uniting fields while we plant seeds of support to harvest humanity. Thank you so much for listening, and I invite you to be so inspired. Welcome back to part two of Dave's episode. I hope you all enjoyed the first part of this episode and learned a lot and um, prepare to be very inspired with this second part. So I started getting help. So I was dizzy all the time. I ended up, I had uh, crystals dislodged in my, one of my ears and Mm -hmm. um, got some treatment for that. And I ended up going into a, it was months were going by uh, November, November sometime of that year. My caseworker came to me, says, David, want to put you in a return to work rehab program mind body soul i'm like okay tell me about it she says we're going to put you in for eight weeks and if you can't hack it uh we're pretty much done with you because we have no idea what to do with you anymore you've been through too much just don't think it's possible we, we, we're at wit's end. This is, this is the last ditch effort. And if you graduate, you'll go back to work and we're, you're going to be cut off then. Uh, in Canada, in, in Manitoba, where I live, if the company has less than 10 employees, there's a lot, there's a huge difference between how workers' compensation operates because I was with a small, very small company, I didn't have many options. I wasn't going to be given training to go and do something else. There, there really weren't many options. So I was to go into this return to work program and either I succeeded or I didn't. Either way, I was getting cut off. And, you know, that is kind of tough. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Very damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I, again, that strong sense of responsibility is like, I got to get, get up and I got to provide for my family. I, I, I've got to get up. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit around, you know, it, when it comes to head injuries, you know, that insurance companies and others like to try and nail you with that malingerer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, status and different things. Oh, you're not, you're faking it. Are you this or you that? And I'm like, I went into this return to work program, December of 2016. Mm -hmm. And there I ran into a lady named Sylvia Marusik. And if you've listened to some of my other stuff, you know, I credit her with saving my life. And she says, David, you saved your own life. But it, it was as simple as this. And people, 
need to pay attention to things like this. You know, she, she saw me, she saw the heart hurt. She saw it. She could see me and see that there was still a spark there. There, I, I wrote a, I wrote a poem about it called unwrapped. Mm -hmm. And, um, because sometimes you're just so tightly bound up, right. And you're hurting, you're, you want to get better, but you're so wrapped up. And then she came along and she literally put her finger on my chest and said, David, you have a story to get out and you have to remember who you are. You are not somebody that is just going to take this lying down. You need to get up and start helping other people. And, um, I had forgotten that. Wow. I was so wrapped up with trying to recover. And I was suicidal at the time. Uh, I was tired. Mm -hmm. I was like, please, like, let me die. Why am I still alive? Why am I still alive after all of this? I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I spent... That was 2007, 16 and 17. And I, I've been basically rehabbing nonstop since 1991. Wow. It's a long time. Very long. Sylvia, one of the things Sylvia said, she was the education teacher in this mind, body, soul. We did water work, like pool work. We did weight, weights. We did, uh, uh, all kinds of exercises. We did education. We did, um, we had sessions with psychologists, you know, this was all day an all day long program. And uh, I had to drive from out in the country in every day because I'm a truck driver. They thought rather than putting me in a hotel, <laughs> then they wanted me to drive because that would help me get used to driving again. And, mm -hmm. Um, wow. there was no road rage. It was like, you want to hit me? Come on, hit me, you know? Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff scared the daylights out of me because I had no fear. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. um, you know, people do stupid things on the highway and I, I would just be like, hit me, put me out of my misery, you know? Um, I was supposed to go in for eight weeks. None of the workers there, none of the program directors figured I would survive or that I would uh, graduate. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't going very good. It was a few weeks before I had met Sylvia. She had been on holidays or doing other things she does speaking she's uh, OT mm -hmm. and uh, so it was probably about three weeks in when she came and put her finger on my chest and it was like a switch wow. and uh, I started trying to help with the other patients I had gained a lot of knowledge because of all the rehab right yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, I, I hadn't always been able to put everything together. Mm -hmm. But I've been through a lot of different rehabs. And 
So in this situation, I was able to, especially during education, Sylvia and I would talk about things and help draw others out and mm-hmm. help them see that this isn't the end. And um, it was it was a lifesaver. Kind of the injury side of things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. four four fairly major head injuries, two times I should never have survived. Mm-hmm. And then all the back and the knee and shoulder, elbows, all that stuff. Yeah. It's pretty minor compared to the head injury stuff. You well, know, um, yeah. And and I can't even imagine all that you've gone through and what your family's gone through. And and you bring up a lot of good points throughout you telling the story and and a lot of it really speaks to healthcare providers on kind of getting your perspective of yeah, that really kind of stunk the way I was treated. And, and I got to tell you, when you said last ditch effort, that is my biggest pet peeve, like saying in the world, I, people used to say it all the time. And, and actually one of the OTs that I was under for one of my clinicals, she wrote it in this journal, she made me, um, as one of my biggest pet peeves, because I feel like in healthcare, you cannot have that, saying even programmed into your makeup there's no last stitch effort and you're living breathing proof of that that there's something that we're missing there's not a last stitch effort it's something that we're missing and it just takes some more time it takes some more talking even and we can get there but so I wanted to touch on that 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 it spoke to me right away because it makes my skin crawl when people say last ditch effort. I just, I can't stand it. Um, but the other thing that you really touched on was again, that mental health aspect and how much you were impacted on that side of things too. And, and that happens a lot. I feel like with not only head injuries, but just going through big changes with just an injury in general. And I talk about that a lot and even just big things in life that's hard. Um, and, and something that really speaks to you and you're advocating, but just me knowing you is that if I didn't know your story, I wouldn't know anything had ever happened to you because you're, I mean, your face looks completely normal. I can't see into your head. And so I wouldn't know anything ever happened to you. And so it really speaks to that idea that we have no idea what people have gone through. And it speaks to that idea of, the mental health piece too, of not being able to see it or tangibly know that it's there, that there's such a big stigma behind it. And I think that that builds on it, but you are just living, breathing proof of all of this. And I just think there's so much value in the story that you tell and, and yeah, it, it kind of makes me speechless with everything that you've gone through and in, in your outlook. And, but you also kind of have that, the ability to reel it in too, of where, yeah, I shouldn't have been doing that. I had this mindset of, I got through this big event, so I thought I could get through everything. And I haven't really had a guest that's really said that yet. So I appreciate you being able to admit that, that yeah, I went through that huge, huge tragic accident and thought I was invincible after I survived, but I really should have reeled it in and maybe 
been a little more cautious on what I was doing. Um, so I appreciate you being able to say that because that's something that I really try to hone in on too, is the prevention piece of injuries and accidents, even following a big one. Um, so thank you for everything that you brought up throughout that whole story. And thank you for just telling it. And I'm so glad that, that you're here and that I get to meet you and get, we become friends and you're the very first Canadian that I've ever had on my podcast. (laughs) So thank you for being that too. You got a crazy Canuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And I love it. (laughs) Um, no, that's, um, yeah, we don't know what people are going through. And I was one of the worst Ken, Kenny, I, 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 you know, anybody that had mental issues was weak. They should just suck it up, suck it up, buttercup, get over it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whether you, whether people believe in a higher power or not, I think he, he or she, or whatever you want to say, whatever you believe in, they have a, uh, funny sense of humor. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, Oh, you, you think that, having mental issues is somebody that's weak. I'm going to give that to you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see how strong you really are. But you look know? at what, I mean, but look at what you've <laughs> taken out of it too, is that you've become such, such an advocate for it too. And I talked about this actually in my last podcast is that I think the thing to moving forward to kind of solving this mental health crisis that we live in today is admitting that no there's a problem and and even saying i'm not comfortable with mental health you know that's we have to admit that there's a problem and a lot of it comes stems out of generation differences too um i talked about that last week of how you grew up in a generation where you know a lot of people considered it a sin to be suicidal or to commit suicide and so just really admitting that there's a there is a problem and now how do we fix that and move forward without stigma. Um, so, and I appreciate what you do so much with your advocacy and, and your podcast, which you, I mean, if you want to talk a little bit about your podcast too, that you do crazy connect truck and podcast that I was so lucky to be able to be a guest on. I'm still excited that I got to do that. Um, but that would be great too, for people to know what you do on your end as well. It was fun. It was fun to have you there, Kenny, (laughs) kind of, uh, you're a you're a beautiful person and you. um you remind me a lot of Sylvia actually and uh the approach that both of you take and the attitude and I, I've I've told Sylvia about you. (laughs) Well, thank you. And I don't, she's a young, she's a young Sylvia. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But, uh, I, I had been trying, like when Sylvia had said, you need to get your story out. I hadn't really considered getting it out. Is it, it's a little bit easier to talk about now than it used to be. But, Mm -hmm. um, I can get pretty emotional still and cause there, there, there's huge events in my life and it's been so many years of so many things. Um, so I, I was, I made a program called how to survive to drive and, uh, that I was trying to get out to trucking companies. I was focusing more on trucking companies 
and um you know starting to talk to trucking associations and different things and i'd done this seminar a few times and the the how is the h is honest you have to be honest with yourself you have to admit that yeah i got a problem so the hardest thing i ever did was to admit that i got a mental health issue mm-hmm. and o is being open to uh open to learning open open to somebody says you need to do this and it goes against everything that you think it's like oh well okay yeah all right, let me look at that. And then the W is just put it to work, mm-hmm. right? And it works. That program works no matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing. And it's the same thing with your work. You have to acknowledge there's a problem uh, when you're working with somebody. You have They have to learn and listen and absorb all the information they can. They have to put it to work. And often we fall down on the, on the work part mm-hmm. because... The working part is not sexy. The working part <laughs> is hard yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Everything else you can kind of deal with. But then when you actually have to put it to work, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, and then, you know, and I'm still, you know, I was still working, driving, and I was long haul doing heavy equipment. And, uh, Ended up changing jobs two years ago and came to the company I'm at now again because I'm realizing that I I need to take care of myself a little bit better. And then COVID hit and now I couldn't do any seminars anymore. Mm -hmm. And the news and all the bombardment of, oh, everybody's going to die. We're going to lose a third of the population and all this I had to turn my radio off. I turned my radio off in April 2020 and it hasn't been on since. Yeah. I don't watch the news at home unless my wife strong arms me into watching something. <laughs> uh, I've actually probably been on the news more than I've watched the news. <laughs> <laughs> at least in the last week. Yeah, anyway. you've been kind of a news star. Yeah. <laughs> but... um I started listening to podcasts and I could listen to whatever I wanted and shut it off whenever I wanted. And then of course (laughs) I'm listening. I'm like, Oh, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And this would be a way to to get advocacy out. Mm -hmm. And I was going to just start off by telling trucking stories and weave in some mental health stuff. And now I'm pretty much just, talking to people that have gone through crazy things in life, mm-hmm. you know, people that, like you said, you know, you look at me and you don't realize that there's been an issue. And I, I search out those kind of people yeah. and somehow I keep getting them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we start talking on, on the podcast and, um, you know, even your story, Kenny, you know, and losing a friend to suicide and mm-hmm. other things, you know, it, it shapes us and it, it, yeah. people don't realize what others have been through. And I know you're going to ask what kind of advice I would have. And that would be, you're not alone. Yeah. You know, you're not alone. And well, 
The things that you're going through, they are real. The things that you're feeling are real. And don't let anybody discount that for you. And keep searching for somebody that can help you. Keep pushing ahead yourself. Because what got me through the suicidal part of my life, Kenny, mm. was when I, when I realized that my kids and my family would rather have me with my faults, would rather see me, rather be there when I don't handle things well than to be visiting a grave. Wow. Yeah. And for me, that was because I'm a family man, because I have that sense of responsibility. I was like, wow. Yeah. I don't want my kids. My kids have been through enough. My family's been through enough. And um, I've dealt with a lot of people that have been suicidal. And I've lost some. And I would rather have them here today. Mm -hmm. And not have them. Because we all, we all have qualities that are worthwhile showcasing, even if we don't see it. We're, we are so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. What would you say to your best friend that's having trouble? You wouldn't say, oh, you're a worthless piece of crap. You know, like, what's the matter? You're just an idiot. Mm-hmm. You would never say that to a friend that is in big trouble. Yeah. I'd say, come on, let me help you. Come on, grab my arm. Let's go for a walk. Let's let's do something. Mm-hmm. You know. I had a friend that I would get together with. And uh we didn't have to we didn't ever have to talk. He always appreciated that that when he and I were together, we could just sit there. Yeah. He passed away a few years ago from cancer, leukemia. And uh, I miss those times of just sitting and not talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes. And oh, I think... That a lot of times we think we need to have know all the words to say, and that's that's not the case. It's just a matter of no. being being present and and being human with another human being <laughs> and being okay often, with that. Often we know what the answer is for ourselves. We don't need somebody to preach it at us. Mm-hmm. You know, we just need somebody to be there. Yeah, just be with us. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yes. I I'm very I'm very thankful to be able to continue along. And uh with the injuries and the things I deal with, long haul trucking is not easy. Mm-hmm. I work for a really good guy. Uh he helps. 
Um, and I don't know what the future holds. And I, I run my podcast and have a fantastic co-host, Bridget, who you, you, you know, mm-hmm. Bridget from uh, North Dakota. It's kind of ironic because I was, I was a mouth, you know, I was a mouthy guy. Mm-hmm. I was back in the nineties. I was, I was not fun for my coworkers or my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for me to be sometimes one of the calm ones, I'd still just shake my head like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I sure appreciate everything that you do and thank you for advocating. I, I think it's so important, but even more so thank you for being willing to share your story because I think it's the real life stories that really go a long ways. Um, for people. So thank you so much. Um, and just to put in a little plug, uh, where all can your podcast be reached on? Cause they are, they're great podcasts and I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, we have video side on YouTube, crazy Canuck trucking, uh, Spotify is crazy Canuck trucking, Buzzsprout, Apple. We're on pretty much all the major feeds for the audio podcast, all crazy Canuck trucking. Uh, we're on Twitter as Canuck Truckin', but again, if you search Crazy Canuck Truckin', you'll find our Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Instagram is uh, Crazy Canuck Truckin'. Uh, I'm on TikTok too now, Crazy Canuck Truckin'. <laughs> nice. So, just about it. If you search for Crazy Canuck Truckin' or Crazy Canuck Dave, chances are pretty good you'll find me somewhere. give a very special thank you to all my incredibly generous sponsors this truly would not be possible without you i appreciate you and your commitment to the agricultural community my wonderful list of sponsors includes joyce fuel and feeds montana cattlemen's association helena agri enterprises hoven equipment company stockman bank and neutralix thank you all so much new sponsors to my list include wilbur ellis Another amazing sponsor added to my list is Torgerson's. Thank you so much.